0: Hey there, story fiends, and welcome back to the podcast that truly believes there are stories everywhere. This is Their Stories Everywhere with Aledria Hurt. I am, of course, your hostess, Aledria Hurt. The month of October is fast coming to a close. If you are old hat, welcome back. If you are new to the podcast, make sure you've subscribed where you're listening so you don't miss out on an episode. We are in week four of our four-part miniseries on Thirteen, my 2021 horror novel. This episode will wrap up the miniseries, but not the book, so if you're interested in seeing how it ends, make sure you've picked up your copy of Thirteen where e-books are sold. You can do that through going to www.aledriahurt.com books and clicking on the link next to Thirteen to buy at your favorite retailer. If you'd like to hear the other three episodes, see Episodes 5.16 through 5.18, respectively, to hear the preceding episodes. That being said, before we hop into the mess that is this episode, let's do a quick life update. All things considered, things continue to go well. I've got a bit of secret business, which I will reveal here soon, but I'm not ready to talk about it just yet. Yeah, I know the typical authorial tease of some new information which you're just on pins and needles waiting to find out. It's not another book. Just saying. A line is due back to the editor in a week, and Queen of the Seaborn Castle has been completed for just under a week from the time this airs. Queen came in just above my word count cutoff at, 60's, at 76.5k instead of 75k, Also, if you're following me on Instagram and or Facebook, you might have noticed I recently did a continual panel for holiday horror because I just love feeling like I'm the least knowledgeable person in the room. That panel should be dropping sometime around Thanksgiving. Make sure you're watching the continual Facebook page for it and others I've taken part in recently. I really need to be paying attention myself so that I can share things appropriately. Finally... I have made a decision about the Halloween special edition. I'm going to do it, but only for my folks over on my Patreon. The Halloween special is going to be the final episode to the mini series, allowing it to technically be five episodes. So if you want to catch them all and you're not subscribed to my Patreon, check that out now at www.patreon.com slash hurt Now, On with the show. Today we're doing the fourth installment of 13. The last of the spooky season leaves are falling. 13 continued. It was the end of the day again, and she had less than 48 hours to finish Harry off before she was off schedule again. She let him go home watching him from across the street as he got into a cab. Carrie went back upstairs to her desk and watched the others she worked with leave. They all complained about how much they were looking forward to the weekend so they didn't have to wake up early. Carrie just smiled at them. Tracy stopped by her desk to ask if she wanted to go out for drinks with them again. Carrie declined. She didn't mention her attack, but she knew it had to be on Tracy's mind. He didn't press her to go, and she watched him go. An hour later, she looked at her watch and determined it was time to go. She packed up her basics for the day and headed out the door. At the corner, she caught a cab and gave it Harry Surf's address. He wouldn't be expecting her. Then again, she didn't intend to go in the front door. First, she wanted to be sure there was no dog. Not exactly easy to do, but she could at least try to find out by ringing his doorbell and seeing if something started barking. Barking dogs kept burglars away. They preferred houses with less security. She strode up to his front door, rang the doorbell, and dashed around the side of the house, all the while listening for the reaction of something inside. She stood at the corner of the house as he came to the door. She heard it open, then shut. No barking. No dog. No security company sign in the yard or on the door. Was he one of those gun nuts who thought he didn't need any of those things because he had a semi-automatic hidden in his house? She dismissed the thought. Pistols in the hands of someone who didn't shoot regularly were pointless. She walked around to the back of the house and pulled out her bag. Inside was a change of clothes and a hammer. Checking her sight line, she made sure no one would see her from the street. He had big enough privacy bushes to hide a full-grown adult. A short, if slightly overweight woman like herself could hide behind them easily. She changed clothes there in the cold, her breath leaving misty clouds before her face. Not the best idea, but it was unlikely anyone would think to do it. At the back of the house, she peered in one of the windows. Harry walked around wearing a burgundy smoking jacket over his gut. It wasn't a better look for him than his three-piece suit from his working day. He went by with a drink in his hand, probably some overpriced scotch or whiskey, something to pretend that he had good taste for the guests he never had. She waited until he'd been out of sight for several minutes before she busted the glass on his kitchen window. A burglary gone wrong would work fine. Lifting her body in the window, she wriggled in and for a panicked moment thought she might be stuck. She kept her grunting to herself as she worked on getting through. It took some tugging on the frame and more than a little kicking, but she managed to work her way through and onto the floor of the kitchen. Harry hadn't noticed what was going on yet. Good. She moved on quiet feet out of the kitchen and into the hallway. To her left was a staircase leading up. Listening, she tried to figure out which way he had gone. He had on a smoking jacket. The kind men wear when they're going to go hang out in their study with dusty classics. Carrie slipped around the staircase and headed for the living room. A 50-inch screen TV dominated one wall. Before it sat a leather couch, still shiny in its newness. He wasn't in there as she peeked around the corner. Time to move on. The next room was a study. Leather-bound volumes by the score lining the walls on built-in shelves. Exactly the kind of place she expected. But he wasn't in there, either. She slipped back out and continued her investigation. So far, nothing appeared to be terribly out of the ordinary. He had assured her everyone on the list would be deserving of destruction. So far, he hadn't directly lied to her but rather withheld information until it was too late for her to change her mind. Footsteps, and Carrie froze. They were over her head. He had to be on the second floor. She made her way to the staircase. The bedrooms had to be on the second floor. This was a lot of house for one person. Then again, pretentious wannabe bank execs would have a certain look to uphold, wouldn't they? If he ever had friends over... Assuming he had any friends, he undoubtedly showed them the study and told them how much each of the, those additions cost to make sure they were properly impressed by his taste. Up the stairs, she went one stair at a time to keep the noise to a minimum. It was slow going. She hefted the hammer in one hand. Blunt forced trauma to the head, a couple good whacks, and down he would go. At the top of the stairs, she confronted three doors directly in front, and two off to the sides. He had been over her head when she was at the side of the staircase, so he probably wasn't in the room directly in front of her. She moved to the first door on her right and peeped in. A bedroom, empty, but done in pastels. She wondered who decorated that. It didn't fit any of the other rooms she had seen so far. She left that room and went next door. Harry stood in the center of the floor in his smoking jacket. She saw him in Alfred Hitchcock profile, his great belly extending out in front of him. She reached for the knob to open the door further when the crying began. Shocked, she stopped. Harry's voice, mellow with alcohol, drifted out to her. It didn't hurt that much, did it? From the doorway, Carrie couldn't see the other person. Who were they, and why were they crying? Why hadn't she seen any evidence of them before? Shit! The last thing she needed was another witness. She drew back from the door. She would have to catch him elsewhere in the house. He wasn't alone. Carrie slunk away from the door, went to the room at the head of the stairs, went inside and stood against the wall. She hadn't checked it before because she knew he wasn't in it. Now she stood in what could only be called a gun cabinet the size of a room. She kept her back against the wall and counted how many handguns she saw. Those alone were at least a dozen, and that was before she got to the various rifle-looking pieces. One stood in the center of the floor where the bed ought to be, and she had no idea why such a thing would even be allowed in the city limits. No dog. No security system. Extreme gun fetish. Still didn't make him deserving. Multiple footsteps went past and down the stairs. One set, undoubtedly Harry's. The other, the unknown. She leaned out and no one was on the staircase. Somewhere in the house, a door slammed. Carrie wiped away the sweat gathering on her brow. This was taking too long. Catching him somewhere else in the house and alone was paramount. She pushed off the wall and made her way onto the stairs. Down on the first floor again, she listened for him. They weren't on the first floor. There had to be a basement. Why would he drag someone who was crying into the basement? Along the wall under the staircase there was the basement door. It would take her downstairs, and she could maybe find an answer to this mystery. She turned the knob. It turned as if greased, and the door swung open with ease. A bare bulb hung about four feet away down the stairs. She stepped on the first stair and shut the door behind her. It would be unlikely anyone would hear screaming from down here, even if he did manage to get out more than a choked gasp. Carrie swept the room with her eyes. Marionettes. They were everywhere. Hanging from the ceiling and leaning against each other in piles on the floor, except was that one bleeding? A horrible stench inhabited the room. Something wasn't right. At the bottom of the stairs, she turned to her right into what could have been a recreation area, and there was Harry with his back to her. He was bent over something, his hands working feverishly with needle and thread. "'You won't cry any anymore,' he muttered to himself. "'No, you won't.' Muffled screaming came from his general direction. Carrie moved to one of the shelves along the wall. There he had masks. She grabbed one and tried not to think about what it smelled like as she slipped it on her face. Then she set upon him. In the sparse light and with the mask on, she missed her first swing. It hit him in the shoulder, and he turned to look at her. For all his bulk, he was stronger than he looked, trying to wrest the hammer away from her. Carrie finally lifted her foot and kicked him away. Backwards he went, and then down on his knees. He put up his hands in defense of his face as the hammer came down. Carrie swung it as hard as she could. Even harder when she realized there was a little boy strapped to the table in front of her, his mouth half sewn shut like a mortician would, hiding the stitches behind the lips. As Harry went down, Carrie kept striking. His face disappeared into mush, his head flattened against the concrete floor. When she finally drew back and almost threw up, she had obliterated him. The young boy, eyes bright and wide with pain and fear, didn't get any closer to her. She wiped the hammer on the smoking jacket. There were flecks of blood and bone all over her. She couldn't go out the front door looking like that. She needed to be careful. Out of sight of the little boy at the top of the stairs, she discarded the mask to one side of the staircase. She could only hope with there being so many. No one noticed it being any different. Night had fallen outside when she reached the kitchen. Darkness would hide a multitude of sins. She needed to call someone, anyone, to let them know about the boy and the dead man. She couldn't just leave him there. She picked up the kitchen phone, a relic from old times, and dialed 911. By best estimate, she had less than ten minutes to clear out after she dialed, so she left the phone hanging off the hook and let herself out the back door. Skimming through his privacy bushes, she got to her bag and changed shirts her pants would have to do. With her jacket on and gloves, most of the blood was covered. She walked out of his neighborhood and caught a taxi cab at the next nearest street. Only once she was in the cab, with the neighborhood receding behind her, did she allow herself to wonder what exactly she had seen. On the surface a simple, pretentious, pompous blowhard, a man who measured his worth in his appearance. Underneath, Harry's surf had been far more sinister. A police car drove by as the cab took her home. Carrie marked it and breathed a sigh of relief. At home, she got out of the cab and checked her phone. A message from Tyson sat unread. A smile peeked across her face. She was on schedule. He would be fine. Hey, just wanted to say I'm missing you. She typed a quick response. Missing you, too. Then she fairly skipped up the stairs to strip out of her clothes and take a shower. Whatever she had done and seen needed to be washed off of her. Such a disgusting creature. The next day, it was front page news. House of horrors. Bank manager mutilator. What makes a person deserving? It makes the idea of them dying easier to take. All of them aren't as deserving. Or as easily disposed of. Carrie's life is just starting to get interesting. There you have it, Story Fiends, the fourth part of 13. If you're interested in seeing how things end, check it out at www.aledriahurt.com books and pick up your copy of 13 where ebooks are sold. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast where you get yours because there's going to be some new interactions on next week. That does it for this week, Story Fiends. Why don't we see how many stories we can come across before next week?